If you would turn to Psalms, the 34th Psalm, our text here has to do with the life of praise. We've been talking about this for some weeks now, the life and the lifestyle of praise, because we believe from the scripture that we are to have a a habit, a habitual practice, lifestyle of praising God. That all Christians should be praisers and thankers and worshipers, not just in church, not just a couple of times a week, but we are to breathe and blink our eyes and and praise God, right? Eat and drink and sleep and worship, right? Just as much as these things are part of our life. Uh, you can praise and you can worship and you can give thanks until it's just part of your makeup. It's just part of the way you live. Right? You've seen other people that have a habit of cussing, hadn't you? Huh? Sure. They'll do it and then apologize because they, you know, they thought, well, I, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. Well, uh, whatever's in you comes out. Right? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks. Speaks, right? It comes out. I got a sermon I preach sometimes titled is, What Are You Full Of? Because, uh, you know, whatever you're full of is going to come out. It's going to come out of your mouth. It's going to come out in your actions. Well, we should be full of the praise of God. Shouldn't we? How many will agree with this? How many interested in this, you know, at all? How many believe you could come up a notch? In this in your life? Would it affect you? Would it help you? Oh, it will. It will. Let's read this out loud together. Psalm 34, verse 1 through 3. Let's read it out loud together. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Hallelujah. I'll bless the Lord when? When is that? All the time. When would you not be blessing the Lord then? If you were doing that, when would you not be blessing the Lord? Well, no, he'd be all means all the time. And he said, his praise shall continually be where? In my mouth. Now, you know, all the time you run across people and it's because of the way they're brought up. It's because of their influence and training so many times. They say, well, now I'm not like y'all. Y'all are expressive. And that's just not me. I'm just, you know, now I praise the Lord quietly in my own way. And, you know, basically they're saying you should respect that and leave me alone. Well, sorry. Because we don't agree. Because the way you praise God is like the Bible tells you. Right? No, you should be vocal in your praise. What does this say? 
This is not my opinion. This is not denominational opinion. This is what? This is the Bible. It says, His praise shall what? Continually Continually be, not just in my heart, not just in my mind, but where? In my mouth. Everybody said out loud, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Now, I hope you wasn't quiet. Because if you were, it's just being rebellious. Not against me. I didn't write this. And if you think, well, I just don't agree with that. Well, you're wrong. Because this is the Bible. Right? The people say, well, now, preacher, I have a right to my belief. Just like, no, you don't. No, you don't. I don't either. Christians are supposed to submit to the Bible. Is that right? And believe the Bible. Not just what they decide to believe. No. It'll help you. Something about lifting your voice. I mean, you noticed a little bit of it just then, didn't you? I mean, you can just sense, whoo, yeah. <laughs> the ones that did it. Uh, there's a quickening. There's something there. Why? Well, it's faith. And see, faith, the Bible said, faith without works, without action is dead. So living faith is faith that acts. Acts on what it says it believes. Well, we say we believe this, so we act on it. And when you act on it, your faith releases the power of God. More faith you operate in, the more manifestation of power you'll see. So his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Everybody say that out loud. His praise praise shall continually continually be be in my mouth. Then that means if we were to sneak up on you in your backyard and nobody knew, you didn't know anybody's around, it wouldn't be an uncommon thing at all for us to hear you going, thank you, Lord. Well, praise God. Thank you, Lord, for this grass. Thank you, Lord, for my trees back here. Thank you, Lord, for my dog. He's a good dog. Thank you, Lord, for this fence. Thank you, Lord, for this new fence I'm going to build in the spring. Praise God, Lord, you're so good. Look at the sun there. Look, Oh, look at that moon. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord. Somebody say, oh, y'all just got a habit of that. Christians are supposed to have a habit of this. It's the Bible. Right? So we've gone through a number of things. We've gone over asking questions and then answering them from the Bible. Uh, when should you praise the Lord? We spent a whole night on that, answering not just opinion, but what the Bible said. Basically, what this has already said here, continually and all the time, lifestyle. We talked about where should you praise the Lord. We saw scriptures that talked about praising the Lord in public like this, praising the Lord in private. We said, uh, you know, your children ought to hear you praising God, right? Uh, You know, your fellow employees You know, don't do it for their benefit, but if something comes up, it's just going to come out of you. Did you hear me? And that's better than a big stream of cuss words, right? Or some bunch of negative stuff or unbelief. That's what should come out of you. And then we talked about, you know, among other things, we talked about uh, why we should praise God. And we spent quite a bit of time on that. We should praise God for numerous reasons I won't go into again. But now we've begun talking about what Praise is. Now we use the word praise and we, when we say praise in a general sense, I'm including at least three things when I'm talking about the life of praise. I'm including praise. 
And I'm including thanksgiving. And I'm including worship. Now last week we talked about praise specifically. And we said that the main words that are used, uh, translated praise, literally mean to boast. To boast. And you see that in this text, don't you? My soul will what? Make her boast in the Lord. Now here's a place where it's just great to be a braggart. Right? You ought to brag on the Lord. Right? Not yourself. Brag on the Lord. That's another way of saying praise the Lord. Brag about what he's done. Brag about what he's doing. Brag about what he's going to do. You know, little children sometimes in the school grounds and during play period and things like that, especially little boys, you know, invariably they'd get into one and say, you know, my daddy's bigger than your daddy. Well, my daddy whoop your daddy. I know he can't. My daddy whoop your daddy with one hand tied behind his back. Nah, my daddy whoop your daddy with both feet tied and both arms tied behind his back. But what are they wanting to do? They're wanting to brag about their fathers, their daddies. Well, it's okay for us to brag about our God. And faith thinks this way. See, faith always counts it easy for God to fix the problem. Hmm? And you need to talk that way and think that way and praise God and say, Oh, oh, God, whew, God can get this money to me. Are you kidding? Without making one phone call. God wouldn't even have to lift his little finger to get this money to me. This is so easy for him. God could heal this. Man may think it's incurable and impossible and terminal. But God, it's so easy for God. Who? Are you kidding? God made the human body. He can replace uh, organs faster than you can blink your eye. And brag about it. Brag on God. Talk about how big God is and what he can do. Did you hear me? That feeds your faith. That stimulates your faith. What if you do the opposite? What if you talk about how bad it is? Which most of the known world does. Right? They're going to talk about how bad it is. How hard it is. You need how much money? By when? Mm-mm. Where in the world would you cut? What they say it was? Oh, it's that. Mm. And everybody goes, oh boy. Well, what are they doing? They're praising the problem. They're bragging on the. Basically, they're saying, nobody could fix that. Not even God. Ain't no need to even pray. Well, let's have no faith in God's ability. No confidence in his willingness to use his ability. To help his children that he says he loves so much, which he does. No, brag on God. Boast in the Lord. My soul. You say it from the inside. You say it with enthusiasm. You say it with heart and soul. Boast in the Lord. You know, I've seen this. The more I talk about how big God is, the more he does for me. I've seen it year after year. The more I talk about how good he is and how great he is and what he can do and what he will do and what he is doing for me, it happens. It happens. 
Phyllis and I tell each other at home, you know. I mean, we get to talking about some of these things, what God's going to do. And what's, and I'll look at her and say, if you don't quit saying that, it's going to come to pass. Because <laughs> it will. We've seen it. Sometimes it'll take a month or six or a year or two or five. But if you just stay with it, it'll happen. I said, it'll happen. Nobody can tell me it doesn't work. They come too late to tell me. It's like telling a man swimming in a pool, there ain't no water in that pool. He's wet. You can't tell him ain't no water in the pool, right? Uh, We've been blessed too many times. We've seen too much. We know this works. It works because it's the word. He said, do it. You do it. It works. So we talked about praise. Let's talk about thanksgiving. Are you ready? If you look up the words that are translated thanksgiving, both in the Old and the New Testament, the Old Testament, uh, some of the main ones are yadah, tadah, barak. It means to hold out the hand. That's interesting, isn't it? Or to extend the hand. How many believe it's scriptural to raise your hands? Hmm? See, people in our society focus more on clapping the hands. But really the emphasis should be on raising the hands. Did you hear me? Because, you know, we applaud each other. We applaud men. But I don't do this for you. Did you hear me? And you don't do it for me. I understand this gesture, this motion... That's a humbling of yourself. And it's acknowledging that somebody is high above you. Right? And it's appropriate when you say thank you to do this. Thank you, Lord. Also goes along with worship. Now you can tell praise has more to do with bragging. So you might do this. (laughs) I want you to know. I got the biggest God in the universe. Ain't nobody can touch my God. Ain't no God like my God. He's the creator of the oceans. He's taller than the biggest mountain. He's faster than a speeding star. He's the biggest, strongest, smartest God by far. Are we praising? Right? But now Thanksgiving. That's different. Right? Thank you. And you know the Bible talks about in 1 Timothy praying. I will that men pray everywhere. Lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Now if you've never done that. You ought to get started right now tonight. Some of you say well I don't, we don't do that at our church. <laughs> it's not about churches. It's about the Bible. Right? Yeah, if you've never done it, begin to do it. If you, you know, if you have to work into it, well, just put your hand up kind of slow down here. <laughs> and if you need to, you know, raise it up a little bit and shoulder high. And, and then you can get one, you know, kind of up above your head a little bit and then bring the other one in. <laughs> or you can just throw caution to the wind and put both hands up and go, thank you, Lord. I'm not ashamed. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not intimidated. I don't care what people would think or say, if they're right with God, they're going to think it's good. Right? Glory to God. Thank you. Lord, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. 
Thank you. <laughs> Don't that feel good? Your spirit wants to do that. Even if your head's not used to it. Your spirit wants to do that. Your spirit desires to do that. So don't hold your own heart back. Yield to it. It means to hold out the hand. It means to extend the hand. One word translated uh, thanksgiving means to kneel. To kneel. There are times that it's appropriate to kneel in thanksgiving. Now the New Testament words. Eucharisteo. It means literally to be grateful. To be grateful, and it also means to express gratitude. Those are two different things, aren't they? Both of them are included in this word, to be grateful. This is one of the big ones now. What does it mean to give thanks? Thanksgiving is being grateful, and what else? Expressing your gratefulness. Not just feeling thankful, but also what? Expressing it. Saying it. And showing it. Demonstrating it. Being grateful. Expressing gratefulness and gratitude. Now another word in the New Testament that's translated thanksgiving. There's actually two words that have a similar meaning. And it means to acknowledge or to assent. And this is a big part of Thanksgiving, acknowledging something. Boy, the more I get into Thanksgiving, the more important I see it is. I mean, it's a big part of faith. It's a big part of loving God and humbling yourself before God. Proud people do not give thanks. They don't want to acknowledge that somebody else should get the credit for their success. They want to take it for themselves. Proud people choke on thanksgiving. And that's a big problem with God because he resists the proud. And he only gives grace to who? The humble. Now you'll see this. I'll say it like this. You show me a humble person, I'll show you a grateful person. They go hand in hand. Humility and gratitude. Humility and thankfulness go hand in hand. Now, let's look at these two big words in the New Testament. What does it mean to give thanks? What does it mean to offer up thanksgiving to the Lord? It means to be grateful and express that gratitude. It means to acknowledge something. Acknowledge something. And see, that's what the ungodly world is choking on. They will not give thanks to God. They won't acknowledge him. Why? Because proud flesh does not want to admit it owes its existence to someone else. It would rather believe the theory of godless evolution. That we were a single cell organism in the ocean. And through sheer willpower, (laughs) crawled out, 
and climbed a tree and lost our tail and jumped down and said, I'm a man. <laughs> it's like one fellow was saying to, uh, they were having a debate, a fellow that believed in creation versus a fellow that was uh, believed in godless evolution. And the believer at one point, he said, well, sir, he said, my hat's off to you. He said, it takes more faith to believe that than it does what I believe. There's a reason why they call it a theory. Did you notice reading in our scriptures here in this week, uh, it talks about that there are different kinds of flesh. Did you see that? That is biblical evidence against these theories. Right? Fish flesh is fish flesh. It doesn't turn into bird flesh. Did you hear me? Human flesh is human flesh. It doesn't turn into fish flesh. Or vice versa. It's different. It was created different. But see if you believe that. Then you have to acknowledge. I owe my existence to God. Right? Not just my creation. But my continued life. Every heartbeat. Every breath, right? I owe to him. Well, it takes humility to admit that, to acknowledge that. Faith is not independence. Faith is complete dependence upon God. You're acknowledging, I have to have his help every day. Faith acknowledges, man, I can't even get up and get dressed and get out the door in the morning. Without his help every second. Every millisecond. How many believe he is the one who keeps the sun shining? And keeps the world turning. And gives you another breath. Well if you believe that. What should be the most natural thing for you and I to say on a regular basis? You take a breath and you go. Who gave you that? God. Heart beats again. Who gave you that? But see, proud men don't want to believe that. That's why people believe other stuff. They don't want to believe that. They believe, no, no, no. Now we, we pulled ourselves up by our own bootstraps. Yeah, we did. We outsmarted the other apes and we outlasted the dinosaurs and, and we fought and we kicked and we clawed and we got smart. And we're here by sheer willpower and human intelligence. No, you're not. That's a lie. I said, that is a lie. We are here by the grace of God. We live another day by the grace of God. Everything that has been made. Was made for his pleasure. Did you hear me? We're on this planet. Because he wanted us here. And he's got something for us to do. We ought to find out what it is. Did you hear me? He's got a purpose. There's a reason why we exist. There's something for us to do. He's got a plan. And it goes far beyond this life. But it's all. Out of him, by him, through him, 
for him and back to him. Can you say amen? amen? And so every good thing we enjoy, every slice of turkey and cranberry, every piece of cornbread, is that right? Every nap, every pair of socks without a hole in them. Huh? Every tank of gas. Every good conversation. Every moment without pain. Did you hear me now? Every good thing we ought to say. We ought to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Now, see, what are you doing? You're doing these two main things when you do that. Number one, oh, this is the big one. You're doing what the ungodly will not do, what they refuse to do. You are acknowledging this came from God. Right? See, the ungodly world refuses to acknowledge that. No, I worked hard for my money. No, I worked hard and I put myself through school and I did this and I did that and I burnt the midnight oil and I was smarter than the average bear. Yeah, and I figured it out, and I, you know, well, what are they doing? They are giving the credit to themselves. They're giving the glory for any accomplishments to themselves that is refusing to acknowledge you couldn't take another breath without your creator. That's refusing to acknowledge that. It's ignorance. We acknowledge God is real. He made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We acknowledge that, right? Acknowledge my family and friends are a gift from him. Wouldn't have any favor, wouldn't have any respect if it wasn't for him. Wouldn't have been able to accomplish anything good if not for his grace and strength every moment of every part of it, right? It was his favor. It was his goodness. It was his ability. If I had a good idea, it was from him. Is that right? If I was able to hang in longer than somebody else did, it was his strength. It was his grace in me. Right? Acknowledging him. It was him. It was him. I was able to increase. I had more money come in. Made a profit on an investment. Made a sale. Was able to see a project through and it did good. Do I give me the credit? Do we give ourselves? Well, we worked hard. Well, you can't work hard if you're dead. Right? You can't work hard if you can't think. You can't work hard if nobody will give you a job. Did you hear me? You can't do anything if you don't have any opportunities. You couldn't find the door. If it wasn't for God, it's just a fact. You couldn't make it out of bed. It's not trying to be humble. It's just reality. It's a fact. It's the truth. And when you realize that, and that stays in front of you every day and every night, then you got no problem saying, not just once a week. You got no problem. All through the day, every time something goes good, it's just as natural as breathing for you. You go, oh, thank you, Lord. Yeah. Glory. Look at that. Look at that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You did that for us. Thank you. 
been working on something, working on something, finally came together, the most natural thing for you to say is, oh, glory to God. Look, whoo, thank you, Lord. You put it together for us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's a lifestyle, a way of life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, go with me, if you would, to Romans. Hold your place in Psalms. Don't lose that, but go to Romans, the first chapter. What are these two big things that you see in the New Testament that Thanksgiving is? And you remember, what is it? Acknowledging God. And then what else? Being grateful. And of course, expressing that gratitude. Thank you, Lord. How many glad you can sit in here without pain tonight? Huh? How many glad you're not on a hard wooden bench? How many glad you got enough light here? You can actually see what's going on. You can actually see who's sitting beside you. <laughs> we did a crusade in uh, Guatemala one time, and uh, we showed a uh, a film, you know, of Jesus, and then we we're going to preach at the end of it, give people an opportunity to give their life to the Lord. And it was about dusk when we started, and it got dark real quick, and the lights went out, and the movie began to play about Jesus. And I'm telling you, you begin to hear all these things. Couldn't see a thing. And you begin to feel this and feel this. And when the lights came back on, that place was packed. It was, it was, and it was very few people there when we started. There was people everywhere, but you couldn't see it. There was movement, and thank God, though, they were ready to hear about Jesus. They came in from the woodwork. But it's good to be able to see it in church. Right? Good to be comfortable. How I many glad you got a Bible you can of your own that you can read the word for yourself. Just don't have to take somebody else's word for it. Thank you, Lord. Before you go to uh, Romans, you're already in Psalms, right? You're holding your place there. Let's read a couple of these and kind of warm you up for what's coming next. In uh, Psalm 18, these psalms are songs, songs of praise, songs of thanksgiving, songs of worship. This revelation in them, how praise is to be done. Psalm 18, and if we'll skip on down to about verse 40. Six. Psalm eighteen forty six. The Lord lives. Somebody say yes, he does. Yes, he does. And blessed be my rock. See the rock of your life. Yes. Let the God of my salvation be exalted. It's God that avenges me and subdues the people under me. If somebody does you wrong. Who takes care of that for you? See, don't you try to do it. Bible said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Don't try to get even. Oh, you'll miss it. You'll get in the flesh. You'll let the enemy use you. You'll sow bad seed. Set up some bad things for you. Don't do it. I don't care what somebody did to you. Leave it before the Lord. Leave it in his hands. Verse 48, he delivers me from my enemies. Yea, you lift me up 
above those that rise up against me. You've delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I what? I'll give thanks to you, O Lord, among the heathen. See, are you embarrassed or intimidated to thank God in front of unbelievers? No, you shouldn't be. And sing praises unto your name. Is it appropriate for you at least once in a while and more often than that to burst into song? (laughs) Some folks looking at me like, now I know you lost it now, Brother Keith. Because you see, I don't sing. Everybody can sing. Everybody. I've seen expressions all over the place going, "Mm." no, everybody, everybody, everybody. If you couldn't sing, then all these verses, and there are many of them that deal with singing, wouldn't apply to you. That can't be. The word applies to everybody. You can sing. Everybody can sing. Now, some people uh, carry a tune better than others. And like I've said before, everybody can sing. Not everybody should record. Not everybody should be given a microphone. But everybody can sing, and just like instead of just being quiet and thanking God in your heart and in your mind, when you lift your voice to say it out loud, there's a greater blessing, there's a greater manifestation. When you lift your voice to sing, you step up even further. So you should do it. Now, if you feel uncomfortable about getting too loud around anybody else, well, get home. Practice at home. Right? Sing, praise God, bless God, give glory to God. And then when we all come together, you know, all, everybody should be lifting their voice and not paying attention to each other. He said, I will sing praises to my God. He delivered me from my enemies. Yea, you lift me up above those that rise up against me. You've delivered me from the violent man. Therefore will I give thanks to you, O Lord, among the heathen and sing praises to your name. What's he saying? He's saying he did it. Verse 48, he's the one that delivered me. He's the one that lifted me up. Is he acknowledging God? They went and fought. But what's he talking about how they fought and how they won? Now what's he saying? God delivered me. I mean, they strapped on the armor. They loaded up the chariots. They went out. They fought. I know they put a lot into it. But he didn't even bring that up. What did he say? God delivered me. He's acknowledging God. Psalm 30. Turn over there. Psalm 30. Verse 1, I will extol you, O Lord, for you've lifted me up. You've not made my foes to rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you, and you have healed me. When God heals you, what do you say? You say that he healed you, right? You got to be careful about words like remission. You gotta be watchful about giving the credit to the medicine. Or to the wonderful doctors. Thank God for them. Don't misunderstand me. Thank God for them. Something that can help you and you feel good about using it, use it. But when things come together, when they work out, what do you do? 
You don't spend all your time praising the medicine. You don't spend all your time praising the nutrition. You don't spend all your time praising man. What do you do? Because there's people every day that take all kind of stuff and use the best in the world and die. Right? So that's not all there is to it. If you make it and somebody didn't, you better be saying, I called out to the Lord and he heard me and he healed me. Because see, the ungodly world, they always want to try to give the credit to somebody else or something else because they don't want to acknowledge God. Right? Now, this is one thing that you and I must be strong about. And not let unbelievers just run over us. Well, y'all pray. I guess that's fine. You know, if you want to do that kind of thing. But this is what fixed the problem. You say, whoa, whoa, whoa. No. Mm -mm. God healed me. Now, that makes unbelievers uncomfortable. You understand that, right? They don't want it like that. They don't want to hear it like that. But you and I cannot soften it. Because if we do, then we agree with them and giving the credit for our success to something else or somebody else. If the doctors helped us, thank God for the doctors. If the medicine helped us, thank God for the medicine. We only say so much about that. Right? Because there wouldn't be any doctors without God. Right? There wouldn't be any medicine that would help anybody without God. And they can do everything they know to do, and you can take anything and everything, but unless God helps you with it, you'll get no results. No man can heal. Did you know that? Take a surgery, for instance. Sometimes surgeries can help you. Don't misunderstand me. But if somebody performs a surgery on you, did they heal you? No, they cut you. (laughs) They took something out, right? Or changed something. That's not healing. Your body would cause it an invasion and an injury. It's what happens next. Right? Someone said, well, that's, that's just in the body. Who made the body? You'll find as you begin to think about this and see this, every time you turn around, there are people who don't want to acknowledge God. They don't want to acknowledge that he did it. And we don't want to be troublemakers and we don't want to be rude and ugly to people. But there are some things that you just need to be stuck on now. Right? And these are some of them. How'd y'all make it through that? How'd your kids make it through the season and not get the flu? Well, it must be those vitamins you're giving them. And well, it must be this. And you're such a clean housekeeper. And, and it must be this. And it must be that. No, 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 no. We make it through, what do we say? With no apologies. And we don't soft pedal it. Who did it? God? God? God did it for us. God. Right? No apologies. No backpedaling. You don't have to be rude and mean. You just, that's what happened. And He gets the credit, He gets the glory. Thanksgiving is acknowledging him. You acknowledge him. I cried to the Lord. What did he say? I cried to the Lord. Oh, don't you like this? Oh, come on, guys. Psalm 30, verse 2. Oh, my Lord, my God, I cried to you. Have you ever done it? Boy, if you have, it means something to you. I cried to you, and you have healed me. 
No wonder he's praising God. You healed me. You healed me. Verse 3, oh Lord, you brought up my soul from the grave. In other words, I'd have been dead. I was headed that way. But you brought me up. And you kept me alive. That I should not go down to the pit. Sing to the Lord, you saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Oh, glory. Does that do anything for you at all? I'm telling you, that blesses me. Mm. Is he acknowledging God? See, the world, ungodly world, they don't talk like that. They'll say, well, yeah, I had to fight through it. I guess I was tougher than most. I just refused to die. Willpower, you know. Mind over matter. (laughs) Yeah. We don't believe it. I said, we don't believe it. God did it. God did it. Get used to saying that. God did it. What happened to you? I, I heard they said you were sick. They said you was about dead. What happened to you? You go, I was about dead. <laughs> I was. Looked like it was it. They said I wasn't going to make it. What happened? What happened? I prayed. Church prayed for me. They laid hands on me. God healed me. God? God. You mean like the God? Yeah. The God, creator of the heavens and earth, giver of your next breath, father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the God, he healed you. Yeah, he he heard my prayer. He healed me. He brought me up. Now, see, that's also a good way to keep you healing. Did you hear me? Give credit to whom credit's due. Give honor to whom honor is due. Acknowledge him. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He'll direct you past. He'll keep you in that way. Sing unto the Lord, O you saints of his. Give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. Now, there's three things I want to give you here too. Reasons why people don't thank God. One, we've already been dealing with number one. You don't thank God for what you don't believe you've been given. You don't thank God for what you feel you've earned. You don't thank God for what you believe you've done or what you believe you've earned or what you believe you deserve. And this is one of the biggest reasons why people have problems with other people. So many people They believe other people owe them. They may not say it like that all the time, but they do. Children. I'm not talking about infants. I'm talking about children old enough to understand something. They believe mom and daddy owes them everything. Many children. And so they're not thankful. Parents should teach small children. You're to be thankful. Right? You don't just take it for granted. And you don't give the glory to mom and daddy. You give the glory to God. Right? You're thankful you have a house to live in. 
You're thankful you have clothes to wear. You don't just take it for granted. Well, I'm supposed to. I'm a kid. (laughs) No. There are kids that don't. Did you hear me? And if you have when others don't, it's not because of your intrinsic superiority. It's because of the grace of God. Right? You really see this with husbands and wives. Feeling like, with even if it's not said, that my wife owes me something. Feeling like that my husband owes me something. Like what? Well, she's supposed to have a meal done. And, and she's supposed to do this. And he's supposed to do that. And he's supposed to fix this. And he's supposed to do this for me. And he's supposed to get me flowers. And, and she's supposed to do this. And so get mad if they don't do it. That is not okay. Did you hear me? What do they owe you? (laughs) That wasn't everybody. Well, bless God, I work hard every day. And there better be food on the table when I get home. (laughs) You're devilish. Did you hear me? Well, I worked hard for him. I've given him some of the best years of my life. He owes me this. Forget my birthday. He'll at least have done this for me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. If you believe somebody owes you something, they cannot be gracious to you now. It's owed to you. It's like payment that's owed to you. That is deception. That is a lie. And something that ought to be practiced all the time between husbands, between wives, between parents, between children, between friends, between co-workers. It's Thanksgiving. Helps keep you in the right frame of mind. It helps keep you in reality. Well, you see it all the time. Now, don't quit me on this. Stay with me. Help me out. This is important. This is the heart of so many problems. Family problems and marriage problems. You've got children nowadays. They're growing up and they go to school and they act like everybody owes them something. And they get their first job and act like somebody owes them something. Just because they're there. People come to church that way. I've had people just get mad, mad at me, you know, because they said something. I wouldn't just drop everything and spend half a day with them. Well, why would they think I owe it to them? Well, because you're a preacher. So? Why does that mean I owe you a half a day? Can't be a respecter of persons. If I owe you a half a day, who else do I owe a half a day? I know a lot of people. I see a lot of people. Are you with me? And you can see that if people come across that way. That when you owe it to me. They have already taken it out of your hands. And as a minister. I have nothing to give somebody. Unless the Lord gives it to me. And he doesn't give things to people like that. Did you hear me? 
Because if he did, he would be confirming that it's owed to them. And that's the whole heart of the New Testament. It is not by works. It is not owed to you. Right? God doesn't owe you. He's been very gracious to us. To give us what was not owed. Right? What we didn't deserve. But if you come across like you're supposed to do this for me. You owe it to me. You're unthankful. You're ungrateful. Which means you're proud. Which means you don't qualify. For grace. Very serious. Are you with me? Now do you understand this? Friends don't let this get away from you. This is so important. And when you get this thing straight in your heart, it'll open up the world to you. So the whole world is full of selfish, self-centered, demanding people. Have you seen that? Ah, people go into stores. They go into restaurants, places of business, airports, and everywhere else. They demand service. Well, so well, they're supposed to. I paid good money for this ticket. They owe me. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Do they now? Yes, they do. That's a stinky attitude. It is unchristian. It is not faith. And it disqualifies you. I said it disqualifies you for the grace of God. And that's a serious thing. That's a serious thing. Years ago, we were flying commercially somewhere, and it was, I forget what, some kind of holiday, but it was a madhouse. And some flights had been canceled, and so stuff had backed up, and people were standing in line out the door, and I was supposed to get somewhere to speak that night. Well, we had learned a few of these things. And the person in front of us, well, you took a long time to get up to the counter, but the person in front of us, they chewed on that Airline representative, I mean, oh, they were ugly to them. And that doesn't mean that they're a non-believer. Should mean that. But most of these folks that pitch a fit and act ugly, they go to church somewhere. They don't act like that in church most of the time. So we got up next, and this guy, bless his heart, it was a long day for him. You could tell that. Phyllis, my wife, she acted nice to him. And I was standing kind of there too. And, and she said, you know, I, boy, I see. This is some day, hon. I know you're busy. I know you're backed up. This is what we need to do. Can you do anything? Smiled. And she said some other things to him. I forget. But just being kind. See, love cares about people, what they're going through. Selfishness only cares about what I need, what I want. That's selfishness is whole world. That's all it knows. And we are living in an extremely selfish world, aren't we? Man, that's why everybody's running over each other. People run over you, didn't even see you there. Because they're in their own world. All they're aware of is what I want and what I need. 
And so this guy, he, she called him Mr., I think. She saw his name tag and called him Mr. And was just kind to him and said some other nice things to him to encourage him, to help him out. He looked at us. He said, where do you have to go? We said, well, here. Just do what you can. Because we've already prayed. I said, we've, we had a long time in the line to pray. <laughs> and that's better than cussing and fussing. Right? Because it can actually get you some good results. Cussing and fussing won't help you at all. So we're in faith that the Lord is going to help us out. And when you're looking to Him, you put no pressure on people. If you're trying to force people and pressure people, then your faith's not in God. Your faith is in making them do what you need them to do. They're your answer. They're your solution. So you're pressuring them, which means you're in no faith at all. You're not looking to God. Our faith is in God. So we're not pressuring this guy. If he gives us the wrong answer, we'll believe for something else to happen. Right? If he can't do it, we'll believe for somebody else that can. We, God's the one we're looking to. He tight. Tight. It's amazing how long they can tight. <laughs> for one flight. And he looked up and he said, hmm, type some more, type some more. And he said, hmm, type some more. Finally, he said, well, how about that? And type, type, type. And he said, where's your bags? He said, well, over there. He said, get them and follow me. He said, okay. So we got our little bags, started following him. He put up a little thing on the thing. I mean, that place was a madhouse. It was full. The people looked at us like, how much money did you give him? I mean, you know, it was just teaching in the room. So, and he said, follow me. And we went out this back corridor and went out behind a place where it said, uh, uh, no admittance, I think. And I mean, he went in and out and took us on a flight and sit us down in first class. We weren't on first class. And we said, thank you, Lord. And we told him, thank you. Thank you. And he kind of grinned. He said, uh, that lady in front of you, she didn't know it, but I could help her or hurt her. <laughs> we said, well, thank you for helping us. And he said, bye. And we made our connection in a flight and. Worked out. But how many understand what I'm talking about? It's not just unbelievers. Christians chew people out. Right and left. Demanding. Why? Because they believe you owe it to me. They don't owe you kindness because you bought a ticket. They don't owe you. All the stuff you believe that they do. Right? No. The person whose heart is right, they believe it's by grace. Everything that comes to me, I didn't deserve it. It's not owed to me. And it keeps you happy. In your dealings with people going in and out of meetings and business and and family. I have a simple thing that I endeavor to go by. When it comes to people doing things for me, I purpose in my heart to expect nothing 
and appreciate everything. Say it out loud. Expect nothing. I'm talking about from specific people. Now from God, I'm expecting lots. Right? From God, I'm expecting. But from to get my eyes on a specific person and what you're supposed to do for me and what you have to do for me, I refuse to do that. Don't do it. And then you're never disappointed. And when they do something for you, you just appreciate it. Right? And you stay happy. I said, you stay happy instead of all these folk that's always grumbling about what they didn't do for me. What they didn't do for me. Well, they owe it to me. Well, those kids are supposed to come see me on Thanksgiving. Are they now? Where's that at in the Bible? Well, they're supposed to. I changed their diapers and wiped their little nose. They owe me. I thought it was a privilege for you to help take care of the Lord's child. Why do they owe you? If they owe you, you didn't give it to them. You want repayment. Which means it was a loan or a trade, but you didn't give it to them. When you give something to somebody, it's a free gift. You ask for nothing. In return, if you ask for anything in return, it was not a gift. You didn't give it to them. You want something. You want payment. So you're not a giver. You didn't sow it. No. What does your wife owe you? Come on, guys. Think about it now. What do they owe you? So then anything that they would do for you. It's a blessing, right? <laughs> Help us, Lord. Anything that they do for you. What if they didn't do something for you? Is it okay for you to get mad? Get upset? If you do, it proves you feel like they owed it to you. You deserved it. They're supposed to do it for you. And it's just not true. Wives. What does your husband owe you? What does he owe you? What have you earned from him? What do you deserve all the time from him? (laughs) Friends, I know this may sound strange to some people's ears, but I'm telling you, you talk about a wonderful life. If you've got two people who are asking nothing from each other, but they're just giving freely to each other. You don't have people pouting half the time over something somebody didn't do for them. It's my, I'm not just, you know, taking some time here. I've sat across the desk from people. I've worked with people for months trying to get things sorted out. And the way it started on some, I'm thinking of one situation right now. This person got in their mind something that was supposed to happen when their spouse came home from a certain thing. And when it didn't happen, I'm telling you, it all broke loose. Took six months to straighten it out. Why? Because they had sat there and decided what their spouse was supposed to do in this situation and had all this thing they had thought of and gone through. And then when it didn't happen, they're mad. Why? Because they're supposed to do that for me. That's ugly. 
ungrateful. When people are demanding more from you, it means they do not appreciate what you've done. And for you to just respond when they demand and you just respond more, then you're contributing to their delusion. And you're actually wasting many times what you're doing. Bible said don't cast that which is holy to the dogs. Don't give valuable things. What does that mean? Don't cast your pearls before pigs. Don't give precious valuable things to people that don't appreciate them. Did you hear me? So the less people appreciate it, a general principle is that means the less you do. Because that's how God himself is. Did you hear me? Don't take my word for it. Study it out. Get in the scripture. Look up. Get in your concordance. Look up these things. Thanksgiving does what? It acknowledges. This is by grace to me. This is a gift to me. I didn't earn this. I didn't deserve this. And it expresses gratitude. Gratitude. But we're having a big time, aren't we? Glory to God. I want you to thank God for a while right now because we're having a big time. Lord, we thank you. Thank you for helping us out. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're so good to us. Thank you for helping us with our thinking. Thank you. Thank you. You got all kind of people who are completely unthankful for their job. You can tell because all they do is gripe. All they do is talk about what the company should do for them. All they do is talk about what the boss or what the supervisor, what somebody else should do for them. And that's one reason we got so many problems in the business world. People don't value, they don't appreciate each other. You owe me this. Well, you owe me this. You're supposed to do this. You got to do this. So there's no sowing. There's no giving. There's no faith. Be thankful for what you have. Don't talk about what you don't have. Don't focus on that. Don't dwell on that. Don't meditate on that. Well, I don't like what they're treating. Well, ask the Lord if you're supposed to be there. That's the big deal. If you're not supposed to be there, go where he directs. Do it in love. Be nice. Be sweet. Give them proper notice. Love on them, bless them, leave. But if you're supposed to be there, then you're there by the direction of the Lord, right? That job's not your source. Those people are not your source. That factory's not your source. That company's not your source. God's your source, right? So you put no pressure on people. You're thankful. And you trust God to deal with people for you. God will bring you up to people's mind in the nighttime. Right? God will cause things to be known and remembered of what you've done. God will promote you. He'll bless you. He'll increase you. And it's so much better when it didn't come out of your mouth. Somebody say, I'm thankful for my job. I'm thankful for what I have. Amen. Go to Romans and I think I can 
begin to start to close with this. Got a little bit sticky there one time, didn't it? (laughs) Well, it's because uh, it's such a big problem. Watch yourself. Never is it okay for you to dwell on and meditate on, especially for you to get mad about what somebody has not done for you. What somebody is not doing for you. That's carnal. It's unspiritual. Fleshy. It's not of faith. That's the same thing that Joe Sinner that's never been born again does. Did you hear me? The commandment of the New Testament. The commandment. Is to what? And the principal expression of love is giving. God so loved the world that he gave and the principle is if you want to have all your needs met what should you do so when you sow you're going to reap right so then you're not looking to somebody else you're sowing your seed and if you feel like your needs are not being met emotionally or your needs are not being met in other ways whatever it is then you don't just start pressuring people looking to them you say no lord thank you i got good seed in the ground i've been a friend to other people i've been there for other people i support other people i help them thank you for meeting my needs thank you for taking care of me and he will do it he'll put things in people's heart for you And sometimes things that you think you need from them, you don't have to have it. He can give it to you straight from him. (laughs) Man, it's good to be strong and not needy and clingy. Nobody likes clingy. Huh? I said nobody likes clingy. Do they? You like clingy? You didn't check on me. I need your support, man. You forgot about me. You didn't check on me. You didn't tell me good job. I preached my heart out to those people. Nobody said anything. Big old baby. Whiny baby. (laughs) You're not supposed to be just doing it for them anyway. Or doing it unto them. Right? Let's grow up. Come on, let me get a few more amens than that. Let's all of us. Let's all grow up. Let's be strong. Know who we are in God. Be secure in ourselves. In Him. Right? Not always pulling on people. You you got to help me and you got to stay with me and you got to support me. You're not helping me enough and and you don't talk to me enough and and you just don't share. (laughs) And you haven't really been there for me. (laughs) Grow up. (laughs) Grow up. Be a woman of God. Be a man of God. Instead of looking for somebody else to prop you up all the time, you be somebody. You be a rock that's on the rock that other people can count on and and depend on and they can come to you. Right? 
You're not always having to get other people to prop you up. But in order to be that way, you cannot be thinking all the time about what somebody should do for me or what they didn't do for me. You can't be doing that. When it comes to looking to specific things from people, did you remember my motto? Expect nothing. nothing. Expect nothing. And what? Appreciate, be grateful, be thankful for everything. Keeps you happy. I wouldn't tell you that Phyllis and I had always been like this. That's one reason I know some of the things I know. We made mistakes. We made quite a few mistakes in these areas. I think everybody has. If they hadn't been taught and hadn't tried to grow. But I wouldn't stand up here and lie before you. I do not expect Phyllis to fix me one meal. Did you hear me? I don't expect her to do anything with my clothes. I don't expect her to give me a gift. Why? Well, for one thing, she's already done so much for me. Did you hear me? For me to just focus on something I think she ought to do for me next is to be ungrateful for everything she has already done for me. She's helped me for years. How many meals has she got for me or prepared for me? How many things has she given me? What has she done for me? Is it right to forget all of that and get mad about something I thought she should do this week? But isn't that what people do? All the time? They completely forget? Sometimes about years? Years? Of sowing and friendship and loyalty and love and just completely forget about all of it and get mad and act like a heathen over something that you imagine somebody owed you. It's ungodly. I said it's ungodly. It's not right. Go to Psalm 103, please. Where are you? Hold Romans. I'm trying to sum it up, but when it comes to your spouse, when it comes to your friends, when it comes to your family, when it comes to your coworkers, you expect what from them? As far as things that they're supposed to do for you, I'm talking about. You expect what? Nothing. Nothing. Can you really do that? Yes. yes, you can. You can. The enemy will come and he'll bring thoughts to you. Well, they're supposed to do that. They ought to do that for you. As much as you've been there for them, they ought to. I mean, shut that down. Both feet. Jump on it. Say, no, shut up. Shut up. I refuse to think like that. They don't owe me a thing. Why? Why would they owe me? I didn't loan them anything. Anything I did for them, I gave it to them. Free. Which means they owe me no repayment. They owe me nothing. Are you with me now? And I refuse to think like that. Because see, right and left, husbands, wives, family, friends, co-workers, people have, you know, come to the point where they're taking each other totally for granted. They don't appreciate them. And it's sad. You see it every day where people, they have to lose somebody to realize what they had. They have to lose them. And then they go cry and carry on for nine months. Because they didn't treat them right. 
Did you hear me? Because they didn't value them. They didn't value what they were doing for them while they were here. Let's not be that way. Let's cultivate the lifestyle of thanksgiving. Right? Every time your spouse does something for you, what do you do? You appreciate it. You're grateful. Should be a lot of thank you in the house. Now here's what you don't do. You don't do something for somebody and then stand there and wait and go. Is there something you want to say? Then you're not giving. You're back to that. You're not giving. You want something. You want acknowledgement. You want words. You want something. So you're not giving. Did you hear me? If you want anything, any kind of repayment, then you're not a giver. Now, if you understand it or not, but this has to do with maturity. This has to do with growing up beyond the infancy spiritual stage. And becoming an adult, becoming a mature one. This is how spiritually mature people think. Babies, all they think is what they want. and they're self- Babies are selfish. Psalm 103. Are you there? We talked about this in the beginning of the service. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that's within me, bless his name. Should we remember what the Lord has done for us? Has he done anything for us? Should we stir ourselves up and say, you better bless the Lord, soul. After all God's done for you, you ought to be thanking God. See, just on a regular basis, you ought to get yourself by the ear, especially when you feel like griping. You feel like fussing. Huh? (laughs) This is better preaching and teaching than some people know in here today. (laughs) On a regular basis, you should get yourself by the ear. And if you need, drag yourself over to the mirror and go, look, boy. (laughs) God's done too much for you. You'd be sitting up here sulking. Feeling sorry for yours. God's done too much for you. Boy, you ain't going to hell. Do you understand? You have missed hell. Your name is in the Lamb's book of life. If God never did another thing for you. That's enough for you to shout and be thankful the rest of your life. But he has done so much more. Every day he does things for us. Every day, every day. We ought to be thankful. And we ought to express it. That's what he's saying. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Verse 2 and what? Forget not. You don't give thanks for what you feel you deserve. You don't give thanks for what you feel you've earned. That's what we've been talking about this whole time. Secondly, you don't give thanks for what you don't remember. You don't give thanks for what you forget. And this is one of the biggest weaknesses of the human condition. Is forgetfulness. People forget. And it's not okay. It costs you when you forget. It costs you. That's why the Holy Ghost is saying here what? Bless the Lord. Oh my soul and everything that's in me. And do what? 
Don't forget. Forget not what? All his, and then he, he begins an exercise. Can you see it? What's he doing? He's reminding himself. Oh, this is important, friends. He's reminding himself of what God has done for him. Why? Because then you can be thankful for it. You're not going to be thankful for what you forget. He begins to remind himself and say, he forgives all your iniquities. What does that make you want to say? Thank you. How many of your sins? How many of your failures? Every one of them. Every failure, every mistake ought to make you want to say, thank you. That I, that you can stand before the Lord as clean as though we never missed it. That we can stand before the Lord unashamed, with no embarrassment, with no guilt, with no shame, as though we never even committed one sin. (laughs) Why? Because the blood of the Lamb is able to wash every sin away. That ought to make you thankful. And he heals. Can you see what he's doing? He's mentioning benefits. He's reminding himself. He's stirring himself up. And he heals all. All. Your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. Should you remember how many times the Lord spared you? How many wrecks you almost had? How many times it almost was too late? Right? But it wasn't. He spared you. He came through for you again and again and again. Should you remember those kind of things? Or should you just go on for 20 years and it's ancient history and there's no need to remember? No, you should bring it up. You should remind yourself. You should bring it up again because you will not be thankful for what you've forgotten. Must remember. Remember. Now, this is what you do instead of talk about people. Behind their back. At the restaurant. This is what you do. Instead of gripe and complain about what's wrong in your life. This is what you do. You sit at the table and you begin to back and forth remind each other what God has done. Let me tell you about what God did for me back in 1984 when I was going through this big deal. And you tell your story and they go, glory to God. So both of you go, thank you, Lord. And then they say, let me tell you what God did for me last week. And then you tell about it and then you tell about it and then they go, whoo, glory to God. Then both of you say, oh, thank you, Lord. This is what you do instead of sit there and divulge secrets that you're not supposed to be telling other people. Hmm? Instead of finding fault, instead of judging, instead of griping, this is what you do. You remember and you give thanks. You remember and you give thanks. And the more you give thanks, the more you will remember. And the more you remember, the more you want to give thanks. It's a cycle. Can you see it? And you just come up and that's how you stay pumped. That's how you stay up. That's how you stay in faith. That's how you stay in victory. 
Glory. Let's keep reading. He starts off a list. You and I should keep it going. Forget not all his benefits. He forgives all your iniquities. He heals all your diseases. He redeems your life from destruction. He crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. He satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And everybody said, thank you, Lord. Thank you. He does. He's done it for me. He does it for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. How do you act on this message tonight? (laughs) By being grateful, remembering what he's done, acknowledging it, and expressing that gratitude night and day. Now go to Romans if you would. I think we can close. Romans, first chapter. Verse 16, Romans 1.16, I am not ashamed of the good news of the anointed one. It's the power of God to salvation to everyone that believes, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed. Now get this word because he starts throughout the rest of these verses talking about this word revealed. The right things of God are revealed how? From faith to faith. Is faith a griper or a thanksgiver? I assure you. You hear people griping all the time. They are not people of faith. Faith people don't gripe. Did you hear me? You can't gripe about the thing and be in faith about it. You can't. From faith to faith as it is written. The just shall live by faith. He said verse 19. That which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has showed it to them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Talking about people who refuse to believe in God. We haven't seen it this way, but this is, I mean, humanity by and large hasn't looked at it like this, but this is how God sees it. As far as God is concerned, there is no excuse for anybody on the planet not believing in him. Hmm? Not believing that there is a God and that he's real. Why? Because of creation. It's all around you. It's above you. It's beneath you. It's in you. Right? Nobody in their right mind believes that all this just happened. Did you hear me? Somebody said, well, there was a big bang. And then it just was. Well, there might have been a big bang when God spoke. But it's kind of like this. Kind of like a fellow one time said. He said, it's like taking some C4. And setting it off in the middle of a salvage yard. And when the dust clears, there's a brand new Mercedes sitting there. (laughs) Now, that doesn't happen. Right? No. You have to decide. You know, everybody, even whether they've heard the gospel or not. Whether they've ever seen a Bible or heard about God or not. They look up and see the stars. Did you hear me? They see the ocean. They see the mountains. They see human beings. They see all the creation, even in its fallen condition. 
And you don't have to be smart at all to realize there's got to be a God. Right? And so the thing is, the Bible says here that everybody does see that. Everybody does. So people try to say, well, no, I just, you know, I've never seen it. Everybody does see that. And then they have to make a decision whether they will acknowledge that or not. If they don't want it to be the way that in their heart they know it is, then they'll choose to believe something else and try to explain it away. But in their heart they know it. They know it. Keep reading. Verse 21, because that when they knew God, that's talking about everybody. That's talking about unbelievers. There is nobody that can completely honestly say, I didn't know about God. There's nobody like that. God says the invisible things of him are from the beginning, clearly seen and revealed by what he has made. He said, but when they knew God, they what? They glorified him not as God. They saw him. They didn't see him with their eyes, but they saw that he is, that he exists, but they refused to acknowledge him and they didn't glorify him as God. And they what? Neither were they thankful And what happened? They became vain in their imaginations and their foolish heart was darkened and professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. Listen to another translation of this. This is such a powerful word here. This is the living. It said, for the truth about God is known to them instinctively. God has put this knowledge in their hearts. Since earliest times, men have seen the earth and sky and all God made and have known of his existence and great eternal power, so they will have no excuse. Yes, they knew about him all right, but they wouldn't admit it or worship him or thank him for his daily care. They wouldn't admit it. Now, this really portrays it differently than some people believe, doesn't it? They just act like there's all these people, your unsaved loved ones and, and people other, everywhere that are not saved. They just don't know about God. Well, that's not really so. People have seen enough to know that he is real and decided not to acknowledge him. Most of us did the same thing for a while. I'm so glad, though, that I quit being a fool. How about you? And acknowledged him and goes, yes, Lord, you are real. Yes, you did make all this. Yes, you made me. Yes, I owe you everything. And glorify him as God. And then what's the natural progression after that? Be thankful. Be thankful. He said they wouldn't admit it, they wouldn't worship him, they wouldn't thank him for all his daily care, and after a while, they begin to think up silly ideas of what God was like and what he wanted them to do. The result was that their foolish minds became dark and confused. Have you seen any of that in the world? Ignorant ideas about what God is And about what he's got for us to do. 
Well, did you see the connection with thanksgiving though? What happened when they failed to give thanks? Read the rest of the verse there. After they failed to give thanks, what happened? Tell me. They became vain in what they imagined and thought. And their heart, what happened to it? Became dark. When you become self-centered and when you reject the knowledge of God, your understanding gets dark. And darker, you become dumber in the things that count. You become more confused. Well, that's the effects of failing to acknowledge God and failing to glorify God, failing to give thanks to God. It takes you down that path. You get dumber and darker and more confused and what you think doesn't make sense. Is there a world full of people like that? What if you turn it around? What if you turn it around? Even if you were a spiritual ignoramus, and there's quite a few around, and you look up in your darkness and you acknowledge God. And you begin to glorify Him. And you begin to thank Him for what's going to begin happening in your life. It's going to be the reverse of this. Your thinking will begin to take on significance. And your mind will be enlightened. Oh, friend, this is important. You begin to see thanksgiving is not just a good religious thing to do. It's a spiritual force. It brings light into your mind. You get in a situation where there's a big need or there's an emergency or something comes up. You can spaz out. You can freak out. Or you can begin to say, thank you, Lord, for showing me what to do. I thank you for bringing me out of this. You're a good God. You're the biggest. You're the best. You know what to do. This is not too hard for you. Thank you for showing me. Thank you. What begins to happen? Light begins to work in your mind. Illumination begins to come up in you. Oh, friends, do you see this? This is so important. Light begins to come. Just like when they failed to give thanks, their mind was darkened. When we give thanks, our mind is enlightened. Oh, hallelujah. Do you see this great truth? Every time something comes up, what's the appropriate response? Father, I thank you that greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I thank you your anointing is on me and I have the mind of Christ. The unction of the Holy One is in me and I know what to do. I'll do the right thing. He's directing my path. He's guiding my steps. He's ordering my steps. I will do the right thing. I'll make the right decision because the Lord my God helps me. You know what's going on in you? Spiritual law is set in motion when you're doing that. Illumination begins to come up out of your spirit and affect your mind. Oh, makes me want to talk in tongues to just try to describe it to you. Because this happens in Phyllis in my life every day. I mean, every day, almost, you know, something comes up and you don't know what to do. You could do something or you could just do the last thing you've done. But if you have any understanding, you realize 
I don't have enough up here to know all these answers, but I got somebody in me who knows everything about everything. Lord, what's the best thing to do on this? Which way do I go? How do you get that started in you? You begin to give thanks. Lord, thank you for what you did last week. Thank you for what you did yesterday. Thank you for what you did this morning. And I'm thanking you for the very wisdom of the Almighty working in me on this. This is your church. This is your ministry. These are your people. This is your thing. Thank you for showing us. Thank you for illuminating. And as you're talking, sometimes things come just while you're saying it. There's other times it might be the next day, it might be the next week. I'm riding along, I'm flying along, and I see it. I just know it. I know what to do. Well, it came from that. It's all connected. But if you begin to gripe and go, I don't know why all these things happen to me, and nothing ever works out for me, and and God, where are you when I need you? And, And you're acting like he hadn't done anything for you. Acting like he hasn't given you any resources. That's unbelief. You cut yourself off. And what happens? You begin to dream up stupid stuff. Is that what this said? Vain imaginations. That's how people get so stupid. You know what I'm talking about? People come up with such bizarre stuff about God. And they get darker and darker and darker. Oh, but the man, the woman that gives thanks continuously, their path is getting brighter and brighter. Every day to the full day sun makes me want to thank him. I said it makes me want to thank him. How about you? Stand up on your feet right now. Whatever it is you've been dealing with, whatever it is that you've been working on, whatever it is that maybe has been evading you, We're going to do something about it right now. You know what it is? Whatever it is that you haven't known exactly what to do about it. You haven't seen the answer. You haven't seen what action to take. Or what decision to make. We're going to begin to thank God right now. Tonight we're going to act on this. We're going to thank God for showing us what to do. We're going to thank God for illuminating our minds. Close your eyes please. Just begin to say thank you. Oh, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you. Thank you for the greater one inside me. Thank you that I have the mind of Christ. Oh, thank you. Everybody sit out loud. Then we're going to thank God some more on our own. Sit out loud. Thank you, my Father. For being so good to me. You're always there for me. You always take care of me. Everything I need to know. You are faithful. To show me. Everything I need to do. You're always faithful. To enable me. Strengthen me. Thank you. For your spirit. I have the mind of Christ. The greater one lives in me. I can do all things through the anointed one, the Christ, who strengthens me. I am being led. I have an anointing of the Holy One 
and I know everything I need to know. My steps are being ordered of the Lord. And I'll go the way I need to go. I'll make the right decision. I'll do the right thing. By the grace of God, I'm always at the right place, at the right time, and I always know what to say and do because of you. Thank you. Now come on, thank him for that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for doing that. Thank you for doing that for me, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.